0: This is the DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, deleted WrestleZone, very own wrestling podcast with all things that it's pro wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. Uh, first things first, I want to say, damn, it's great to be back after, what, almost over a month now so some of you who are listening probably ask, j-rod where the hell have you been there's an obvious reason to that now i'm gonna keep this short um... i was sick for a while guys Um, it began like some point in late january or so or so and um, i was coughing my body was was aching i know some of you're gonna say oh it's a coronavirus and all this i would assume so but it didn't happen that way. I was like, <coughs> I'm still coughing. Now, the, uh, my assumption is because I had this before, like two years in a row, I have delayed coughing. But recently, I was a bit of a scare. Um, you see, one of my family members, I'm not going to specify who, it was revealed, he wasn't feeling too well. And um, he kind of uh, was having he was very sick and of course they asked him if he can do a test it turned out that he had the coronavirus and that kind of put me in a bit of a scare it scared me but here's the thing to me I don't go out very much because of that and that's the reason I've been like this I was like dealing with this whole thing I was dealing with the fact that okay what if I have it but luckily I did not develop any of the symptoms things didn't Go exactly like this. I had no shortness of breathness. I did not lose any scent or or taste or anything. But I'm feeling good. And of course, I've been thinking about doing this podcast episode for a while. But because of what's been going on with me, I couldn't. I had. I was still thinking about everything, and it was like driving me crazy. I I understand that some of you, if you guys are who don't believe in the coronavirus, please understand, it's not a joke. Okay, it's not a joke. It could happen to anybody. It already did happen before. And to, uh, one friend of mine who at first did not believe the coronavirus was real, he contracted it. And of course, uh his wife even contracted it too. But luckily, their kids are fine. But now, I'm good. But I had a lot of things that i wanted to discuss throughout this entire month but i feel like i need to pick the subjects that we definitely need to put out because these are the ones that kind of (coughs) meant to be to explain now i'm going to go in order exactly what i'm referring to first subject i want to talk about is the f- MSK, if you guys don't know who they are, they are the newest tag team addition on WWE's NXT. You may formally know them as the Rascals on Impact Wrestling. You got Des, who now goes by Wesley Wentz as Nash Carter. And to the surprise, it was revealed that they were the mystery tag team on the on this year's uh, NXT. Dusty Rhodes tag team classic and I have to say it was a great year for these guys to finally these guys originally are part of the (coughs) amazing group, the rascals but now that the rascals don't (coughs) don't exist anymore I have to say with Dez (coughs) and Wentz Watcher go go by Wes and Nash they really are one of the most talented wrestlers they full of surprises and of course they were the big are now the win, this year's winners of the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. It could have happened to any way. I mean, I know some people would have assumed, but wait a minute, J Rod, MSK should have lost the ta- uh that tournament to your extent, and I would agree with you. But however, there is a reason why. Let's keep in mind on what's happening at this moment. The tag team division in WWE has been strained, ex with the exception of NXT. The raw and and smackdown tag team division has come to stale, but if you look at what's been going on with AEW, you guys know for a fact they got a stack of uh, like of tag teams in AEW, and now we're trying to see the same thing. To me, i, I having these guys, MSK be part of it, I have to say it would make more sense. But I know there's a lot of concerns about for all you guys who followed this. You guys know for a fact, the moment that MXK gets called into main roster, that's when. <coughs> excuse me. That's when things go uh, sideways. Like, look what happened with um, with the revival, or as we know them now, FTR. Those guys were. <coughs> Two-time NXT champions, tag team champions. Uh, I think they won tag team of the year. And look what happened when they went to Raw and SmackDown. They were not being treated as the tag team that we all know and love to watch. And that's the same thing. But I hope the MSK are given the respect. But if not, then that's Vince's fault for overlooking the tag team division a lot. But all we can do is wait and see what's MSK going to do in the NXT. I know it's going to be a fun opportunity to see what they can do and what the world is expecting. Now let's jump into a, a familiar face. Now for a while we have talked about the icon, the face of WCW, Sting. Ever since Sting made his appearance in AEW, I know there's been a lot of people trying to say, what is his involvement now in AEW? I know there's been a lot of questions. I know he's been appearing, uh, interfering in Taz's business. But later we're starting to see a little by little of his involvement. Like him using the baseball bat um, to hurt Ricky Starks. He got powerbombed by Brian Cage. But if you guys saw this past Sunday at AEW Revolution, you'd be like, what? It's a pretty good, amazing match. But he did state it in an interview or so that he wants to do a cinematic match. I mean, he would have hoped to do that with The Undertaker, but sadly, it didn't happen. Now, we can all agree on this about Sting. He will always be a WCW guy, not a WWE guy. But I have to say, I give Darby Allin credit because if you guys have been aware... He produced 90, 90% of this match. And the way that he was portray- uh, u- using his film experience, what he can do to make this match happen, even with Sting on this, I have to say it was unbelievable. And I give Darby credit for that, but I also was happy how Sting actually portrayed I know people were saying, now what's things going to do next? I don't know. I have to say, look, he did say he wouldn't mind being a mentor, you know, like helping out the younger wrestlers because some people can say, AEW are getting wrestlers who used to be WWE. That's a load of crap. You're going to overlook the younger generation. Wrong, folks. AEW only picks out those veterans because it helps the younger generation learn something. That's the reason Sting's there. He he could teach the younger generation. Look, you got Co- uh Arn Anderson there. You got Jake the Snake Roberts. Vicky Guerrero. You got Arn Anderson, uh Jerry Lynn. Um Big Show. Matt Hardy. And now we got Christian Cage. But I'll get to those guys in a bit. Now, let's jump into a next subject that I recently saw this uh, uh Japanese wrestling promotion recently and um on this link that i've been watching called um watchwrestling.la now this particular link gave me a very perspective ch- look on a promotion that i have heard of but i never got the chance to see it's called pro wrestling 01 now here's the backstory story about them the promotion was founded by new former new japan pro wrestling star Shinya Hashimoto, and Shinjiro Otani. In 2000, um, Hashimoto proposed an independent promotion promotion within New Japan Pro Wrestling called New Japan Wrestling Zero. But the idea was shut down. Now, Hashimoto was fired from, from New Japan in November of 2000, and he registered the name Pro Wrestling Zero One. Zero One had a working uh, agreements with Pro Wrestling Noah, All Japan, New Japan, and, um, Riki Pro, Hustle, Big Mouth Loud, Kings Road, uh, Dragon Door, Now El Dorado Wrestling, which enabled the Zero One wrestlers to challenge for and hold other promotional titles. In, uh, two th- in November uh, 30th, 2004, Hashimoto gave up his ownership of the promotion, telling the press that due to the financial problems he had decided to step away from the company and a new parent company first on stage was formed consistent of president Yoshiku Nakamura, ring announcer Oki Akitada and of course Owatani and the company named Baltic Curry the promotion was renamed uh, Pro Wrestling Zero Max with Owatani and Nakamura taking over as general operators now, this promotion was kind of interesting to me because I saw many good matches. Uh, it was good. But it I thought it would give me a bit of the excitement, but it didn't. But do I recommend it? That's for your perspective to watch. So that's how I would interpret it. So, so if you guys are interested in checking out new uh, wrestling shows... Other than you guys already know. You should check out this link. Like I said. Watchwrestling.la So you guys can see it. (coughs) Excuse me. Now we get to the most interesting that happened. During the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Let's talk about. The first ever. NXT Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. My god. I have to say. It's unbelievable. I enjoyed it. I know for a long time we talked about this as fans. I know fans have been demanding for a women's tag team championship. But I have to say that um, recently we have seen good tag teams. But however, we never get to uh, see it that much. If you guys are fans of the all-women's promotion, you know, like we see here in the United States, like Shimmer, Shine, Rise, and of course uh, the UK brands like uh, Pro Wrestling Eve, and I forgot what was the other one. And of course the Japanese style, like Stardom, Yoshi, uh, Stardom, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling, Ice Ribbon. I can name a few, but in WWE, that's a little an argument that has to be brought upon many times over. But when having the NXT have their own women's Dusty Rose Tag and Classic, that's that is huge. I mean, when I first heard about this, I was like, whoa. But I would have to say I was pretty okay with the, with who was in there. And it's pretty much what's going to happen. And I just believe that it did. But I'm like saying, okay, I know there. this is what we can agree upon about the women's tag team division in WWE. They don't have, like, one of those steady tag teams in the main roster, in SmackDown or in Raw, because you just put them together. And that's something that's kind of difficult for us fans. But in NXT, I feel they could build it. I feel NXT is the pinnacle where they can build women's tag team. Because how many times have we have seen seen... Uh, Okay, let's talk about the Iconics for a little bit about this in in the sake of this uh, uh, topic. We all know that the the Iconics were uh, a bit of a a tag team when we first saw them. But, however, the one thing that I find ridiculous is how they broke them up. Now, we assumed as fans, okay, they break them up. They're going to put them in singles competition. No big deal. But all of a sudden, you decide to put them in a, in more tag teams. You have Peyton Royce who teamed up with Lacey Evans. Billy Kay is trying to form a tag team. I mean, what the hell is that? I feel that Raw SmackDown has failed the tag team, the women's tag team division. I feel that NXT, in my opinion, are making a priority on that. And frankly. <clears throat> I have no problem with it. Want to know why? Because NXT has a great stack of talent. I know that we lost some talent over time. And I feel that this is good for business on their part. On NXT's part. But with the, I have to say, I did like the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. I hope we get to see it again. I can't wait to see... But however, in the next episode, we are going to talk about the rumors, or should I say, that now it's confirmed, about the NXT Women's Tag Team Division and another episode because I got more things I want to talk about. Now, I have talked about this guy many times over. If you guys don't know who I'm referring to, I'm referring to Joey Ryan yes, I know some of you guys say I'm sick and tired of him. But recently, there is some disturbing news that took place about a, a, few, a week ago. You see, there was a wrestling show that was about to be around on March 20th called Wrestling for Women's Charity. There has been a great stack of wrestlers that were in fact were mentioned, like uh, AEW stars, uh, Brian Cage, and Sonny Kiss. And uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who else was in it. But however, something disturbing has happened. When the poster was already put out of this event, Joe and Ryan's picture was in it. Now, for all of you guys who were unaware about this, you'll probably be like, what? Or what the fuck yes guys his picture was on it now when tony khan got wind of this he immediately pulled his two talent out his brian cage and Sonny kiss out of that match out of that wrestling show and soon all others followed but people were questioning wait a minute why is joy ryan's picture in it now We can agree upon what happened last year on June 20th of 2020 during the Speaking of Mountain Movement. Yes, this whole thing with Joey Ryan about the sexual allegations that he was accused of and all that. Now, Joey Ryan did state it a few times. No charges were filed. But here's the problem, Joey. It doesn't matter if no charges were filed. The problem is... It's out there. It doesn't matter if people need to prove if you're innocent or not. It's kind of like, let me use this as an analogy. When a girl sends a, a picture of herself to her boyfriend or a guy friend of themselves naked, and somehow that dude posted it on the internet, it's stuck there. And what do you think... The people around her, like friends or family, are going to think she'll be ashamed. It's the same similar analogy. But the only difference is, Joey, you were accused over a dozen sexual allegations. Now, we all know what he put out that one-hour video about himself uh, uh, saying this is not what happened. Like he was denying the whole thing. But the fact that Remain is this. Those allegations are there forever. You can say all you want. There no charges were filed, true, but they're there no matter what. It's not going to go anywhere. Your wrestling career is done. Now, however, because of this, he did stated that he was involved in it, but however, he had two conditions. He said not to involve him in there, but somehow he did. Now, some of you can say this to me. j I think he's full of shit. He, You know he, he did it. True. I mean, we don't know exactly if it's true or not. Because sometimes it's hard to take the word out of someone in face value. That's pretty much a fact. But look. Joy Ryan's career is done. It's over. There's nothing he can do to, to regain it or save his own reputation for it. Like I said, it's done. It's there and it's not coming down. So let's just move on from that. Now, interesting, interesting news came around with AEW. <coughs> couple weeks ago would receive the word that a former wwe superstar had made a long time long-term deal with a w and i'm talking about well is the big show yes guys the big show now going by his real name paul white now some of you are saying J. Rock, why can't he just call himself the giant well There is a bit of like, how do I say, trademark rights to that. Kind of like the Big Show name is (coughs) WWE's name. I'm assuming the same thing with the Giant, but Paul White, it's fine. But I did like when he come out last week wearing a shirt that says, "No No More BS. I mean, you can say, No More Bullshit. But however, I think the real analogy is, No More Big Show. Now, some of you probably ask yourselves, Why did he sign with AEW? Now, the reports came in from various sources that Big Show was unhappy with how WWE has been booking him. He was trying to negotiate a new deal with WWE, and it didn't go through. He uh, heard that he was having financial difficulties. And not only that, he had to sell his house. And it it, it is stressful. I think it, it kind of broke him a bit. But it is what it is. It happened, and nothing can change that. And I'm sorry that it, it it just did. Now, uh, let's talk about this really interesting thing that happened with the with Paul White. Last week, he did stated that AEW has signed a Hall of Fame worthy signing. Now, he never mentioned if it was a wrestler, was it a manager, valet, commentator, who knows? The mystery began to find out who in the hell is this mystery guest that Paul White put out. Some people were saying Brock Lesnar. Others were saying CM Punk. I mean, the list goes on and on. But frankly, I wouldn't like Brock Lesnar because a. I think it's bad for them to have him because we all know what happened with him in WWE. He just showed up whenever he wants to. CM Punk, I would have been okay with it. (coughs) My brother even thought it was... My brother said some of her friends thought it was uh, Tessa Blanchard. But no, it's not her. But to our surprise at this pay-per-views revolution, it was Captain Charisma christian cage we saw him he signed the deal i was very much happy that christian i mean i'm okay with it but you gotta ask yourselves why did he chose to go to aew now we do know he was injured while he was in wwe but there is a theory to this that uh someone brought up to this to me in person um If you guys remember what happened to Brian Cage, he he said he was medically cleared by doctors outside of WWE, but however, WWE doctor says he wasn't. What is the same case? I mean, chances are, if that was the case, I have to say, the WWE doctors are full of shit. The problem is, who's telling them, I'm saying, that someone actually told them they can't wrestle, if that's the case... To me, they're full of it. But I'm okay with the idea of Christian going. But however, people are saying, oh, once again, the whole veteran wrestlers being on AEW. But look, like I said, guys like Christian Cage, he could teach the younger generation. That's what the whole thing is about. I mean, yes, they have that whole thing with, with, uh, how do I say, with the performance center or not. That's what, that's the problem. I think there's, I think in certain cases that there might have been some flaws in that kind of predicament. Now, I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's a fact, but I'm just saying maybe that's what it is. We don't know. But if someone can do analysis on me on that, analysis on that subject, on how uh, they teach their younger uh, younger generation wrestlers compared to the performance center, like they teach wrestlers how to be wrestlers or something, That's one of the things that sometimes we can talk about, but we'll just save that in another conversation. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the biggest news that came around this past Tuesday on Impact Wrestling. EVP of Impact Wrestling, Scott Damore. He said that there was going to be a major announcement that is the rap, that's going to lead to a ramification regarding to the Impact World Title. As you know, the ma- there was a it was revealed that there was going to be a match for the Impact Title between Moose and of course the Impact World Champion Rich Swan. Now, it started out with Scott Demore talking to someone. Now, I did not know who it was. It kind of became like one of those mystery things. Who is talking to to the Moor? And then Moose shows up demanding to know what is this announcement. And, of course, Moose is impatient. And then the next thing we see is the Moor coming out, saying that he's calling out uh, Rich Lump because he wants him to hear this as well. Now it was revealed but first before i moved on to that part the more kind of put an interesting subject about moose moose for almost a year i think you no know, make that 10 months has been walking around with the tna world heavyweight title claiming himself to be the real world champion now it bothered the more because That title doesn't mean anything. It's not even active. Until he finally activated. What was it? A week or two ago. But however. He did state it. That in sacrifice. Whoever wins the match. Between the Impact World Champion. Rich Swan Versus the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Moose. Will win both titles. And have a unification. That is a huge news. Because Stamore says. There's too many world champions. There has to be one. And then of course he laid another. Surprise. It was revealed. That whoever wins this match. In sacrifice. Will be the one going to rebellion. To face. The AEW. World champion title versus title. Now it appears they're going with that whole thing with Kenny Omega doing the belt collecting. But as soon as that happened, when they revealed that match happening in Rebellion in April, guess who was the mystery guy? It was none other than the invisible hand Don Callis. Now if you guys watch my YouTube channel, I talked about this, but I will make a discussion about it. But, you know, what the hell. I'll just do it right here for you guys. Those who listen to my voice, you probably want to say. I, have, I said many times over that I have a feeling that Moose is going to win. But, however, there's going to be a bit of a conflict between Kenny Omega and Moose. Now, why do I believe that? Let's go back on the Impact side to March or April of 2020. Impact Wrestling was promoting a advertising a show that they're putting out on WrestleMania week called TNA There's No Place Like Home. This was uh, promoted by WrestleCon on WrestleMania week and they called out many of the former TNA wrestlers of that time. Moose comes out saying that enough is enough. Stop talking about TNA. You need to talk about me. So basically, he felt like Impact Wrestling needs to shut up and stop talking about the thing of the past and talk about the future, which Moose claims he was the future. Now, because of what happened with the pandemic, we all know what happened, all the shows, Impact had to stop doing some shows for a while. But in Rebellion of that very same month, we were expecting a three-way um, Impact Wrestling World Championship match. It was Michael Elgin, who is no longer working with them, Eddie Edwards, and of course, at the time, it was the, uh, was the Impact Wrestling World Champion, but not anymore. I'm talking about Tessa Blanchard. Now... The situation changed. Uh, Eddie Edwards was unable to leave Boston due to the restrictions. Tessa was unable to leave Mexico because of the restrictions. Michael Elgin comes out demanding that someone declare him as the Impact World title. But out of the blue, here comes Moose. In his waist, he had the TNA World Heavyweight title. The real question is, what the hell is he doing with it? He goes out running his mouth saying he's the real world heavyweight champion. He's a real champion. He won the title. That's not true. He claims that he beat TNA champions like uh, Shamrock, Rhino, you know, very other people. And he claims that he won. And he'd go out saying that the Impact World title is the second-rate championship. But things were not going his way. No one gives a damn about the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. No one. No one cares but Moose. But all of that changed when a familiar TNA World Heavyweight Champion returned. I'm talking about EC3. Now remember, EC3 called him a fraud, a failure, a all this and that. But he keeps saying the same word. Control your narrative. Moose thought that he was full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And that kind of fits into the story. But however, like I said, no one was paying attention to Moose that he is the real world heavyweight champion. He did not win it. But of course, Moose went to a dark path when he took out EC3. And he understands what he meant. Control your narrative. Now, once again, he went back to the same old thing. He is the real world champion. But however, he soon realized, okay, you guys are disrespecting me because I said I'm the real world champion. I'm carrying the TNA title. Then he goes out and targeted Rich Swan, who he thinks he's not the real world champion. He he even complained, com- he said him, proclaimed himself not only the real world champion, that he's the best wrestler in the world, that he's God of wrestling. Now, frankly, to me, the real God of wrestling is someone who people mention. I'm talking about Carl Gotch. Yes, those who don't know who he is, he's a famous wrestler from back in the day, trained a lot of Japanese wrestlers. Even the Japanese fan base love him. And of course, he trained Minoru Suzuki. But anyway, that's another conversation. Anyway, the way things are, Moose has been trying to get an opportunity of the Impact World title. That came around when he had a match against uh, Willie Mack in an I Quit match. And he was about to murderize Willie Mack. And of course, Rich Swan comes out telling him, I'll give you a, a world title shot. And he called the match saying, I quit. He left with happiness knowing that he got what he wanted. Now, Rich Swann wanted to give him the title shot right now. He wasn't going to wait. But Moose, who was arrogant, decided it's going to be under my time. So... Rich Swan decided to do something in no surrender. He decided to give the title shot to Tommy Dreamer. That drove Moose into a tailspin. He did not like that. He wanted that title shot. And once again, he decided to get the attention of Rich Swan. So, and that leads to that whole unification. But however... Where does it lead to Kenny in this story-wise that I believe is going to happen? Let's go back to AEW. Take it back to Winter is Coming. As you remember, Kenny Omega was in a match against John Moxley. That match became a controversial when We saw Don Callis, who is an old friend of Kenny Omega and a friend of Kenny Omega's um, uncle, the Golden Sheik. Helped Kenny Omega win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And of course, Don Callis appeared with Kenny and the title on impact. Now over time, Don Callis was telling everyone, especially Rich Swan, Kenny is the real world champion. That's what he's been doing. Don Callis always had... Kenny Omega's best interest. But however, there was a moment where Don Callis shows up congratulating uh, for signing a deal. But however, Moose had other ideas. This is where this thing in my head goes. Moose will not tolerate someone saying Kenny Omega is the real world world champion. Moose will not tolerate that. But Don Callow will not tolerate someone like Moose trying to steal the spotlight that belongs to Kenny. Now, Kenny Omega has been proving that he is a a world champion. But however, this leads to rebellion. If Kenny Omega does win, the Impact World Title. What does it mean? Does he collect the belt? Does he prove to Moose that he is the real world champion and Moose was just a guy who believed? Because here's the thing. Moose has no friends. But Kenny has Don Callis and the Good Brothers by his side. Who does Moose has? There's no way Rich Swan will take his side. <coughs> or Willie Mack. No one. Because... Moose only cared about himself. That's how I see picture in the story-wise. Now, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. All we can do is wait and see. That match is going to take place this Saturday at Sacrifice between Rich Swan and Moose. We will see who will win that title and will go to Rebellion to face Kenny. Now, I will stick to the story, how it's going to go. And I'll put this on the podcast, but I will put that whole thing with the title versus title thing on a discussion episode on my youtube channel to talk about how, how all this but i did this for you guys so you can have a much better understanding so i think that's pretty much it what i got for all of you guys but it's great for me to put out my voice talk to you guys about pro wrestling again there'll be more things to come and i'll do this, try to do more more of these uh, episodes on this podcast more often as much as I want. But for now, I need to review AEW Dynamite because I know there's certain things that are going to take place. So I must bid all of you guys adieu. So goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang!